Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning again, everybody. I would request that, if, if possible, you could have your masks on during service. That's kind of part of the deal. We get to stay open and we try to observe the indoor precautions to the extent we can. Thank you. Well, again, Merry Christmas, everybody. I know this has been a strange year. And um, we are, of course, celebrating it a little early, which because we like to celebrate it on a Sunday. Um, but we all from Lighthouse Bible Church wish every one of you a very merry, happy, blessed Christmas. The title of the message today is Good Tidings of Great Joy. Good Tidings of Great Joy. There was a man named Zacharias. He had a wife. Her name was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was a mother of Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, the relative of Mary, whew, the mother of Jesus. Elizabeth was barren. She was unable to conceive a child. Thank you. But the Lord performed a miracle. And Elizabeth gave birth to a son they named John. We call him John the Baptist because he became the forerunner of our Lord Jesus Christ, baptizing in the Jordan. When John was born, his father Zacharias was overwhelmed with joy And he proclaimed words that the Holy Spirit had given him to say. We find those words in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 67. If you turn there with me now, Luke chapter 1, verse 67. There had been a period of about 400 years when the Lord was silent to the nation of Israel. That silence was broken. When the angel Gabriel came and appeared, first to Elizabeth and then to Mary. But again, when John was born, John the Baptist, his father Zacharias was overwhelmed with joy and he proclaimed the words that the Holy Spirit had given him to say. Verse 67, and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited us, and he has accomplished redemption for his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness, in righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, this is John, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Again, Merry Christmas, everybody. 
We are wrapping up the year 2020. And for many of us, we have to say, good riddance. 2021 is just around the corner. This has been a difficult year all around. For me, for you, our congregation, for our country, indeed for all the peoples of the earth. Yet here we are at the end of this year. And as it does every year, December 25th stands up and announces, I have good news of great joy for all the peoples of the earth. Christmas. The world needs to stop its grinding, churning, disputing, its downward spiral of doom, and like shepherds on a hillside, simply listen to an angel. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone upon them, and they were terribly afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them back into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it, wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as been told them. All who heard it, all who heard it, wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. What was it told to them? They said, today has been born for you a Savior who is Christ, the Lord, the Savior of the world by whom our sins are forgiven through His death. Christ, the promised Messiah, the Lord, God in the flesh. All who heard that wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. And would that the people's of the world would become shepherds themselves, if even just for a day, starting out in the darkness of the night, being stunned by a wonder of an angel appearing, surrounded by the glory of the Lord that lights up the night sky like the rising sun. And the angel spoke, and the first thing he said was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Afraid, And yet the people of 2020 are afraid. And that fear is driving people crazy. The darkness of our own times is devouring whatever small hopes the people of the world have held in their hearts for a better tomorrow. But 
the people who walked in darkness see a great light. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. The sunrise from on high will visited us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. What is that? What is that sunrise from on high? Who, the people who walked in darkness, what have they seen? What is that great light? We see it in John 8, 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this can still happen, even in 2020. To be sure, there are always going to be those who would rather remain in the darkness. But for a little while longer now, that sunrise from on high will remain in the earthly sky because the Father of Jesus is not willing that any should perish. John chapter 12, verse 35. The light. The light shines in the darkness. And Jesus says in chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, a little while longer, the light is among you. We say the same thing today. For a little while longer, the light, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is among us. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. I can't think of a better description of what's going on in our world today than that. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. All of the, the strategies and plans of the world have come to nothing. One virus, and the whole world is turned upside down. Why? Because they don't have the light. But he who walks in the darkness doesn't know where he goes. But while you have the light, people of the world, believe in the light, our Lord Jesus Christ, so that you may become sons of light. Everybody who believes in Christ becomes a son or a daughter of light. We are to now represent our Lord and Savior and bring the light. Bring the light that, that, that just blinded those shepherds in the first century. What was that all about? There's a baby that's been born in a manger. He is Christ the Lord. He will save the people from their sins. We have that light. We have that message. And it's up to us now to deliver that message to the people of the world who need it. Just like the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that He had shown them. And then in verse 44. And Jesus cried out, Jesus cried out and he said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me, the Father. He who sees me, sees the one who sent me. Jesus Christ has a Father, and just like the Father is God, Jesus Christ is God. Why did he come? I have come as light into the world. The shepherds certainly experienced that. They were, they were watching their flock by night. They expected the night to get darker. Instead, what happened? The the angels came as light into their lives. Why? Because of the message that they had. The message that they had that drove the shepherds to leave their flocks and head to Bethlehem where they saw the sign. A baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And that was it for them. They had heard from the angels. They had seen. And now they understood the, the, the amazing thing that God has done. And all they wanted to do was to go back and tell everybody about it, praising God for what he has done. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. There's one light in the world. 
And it's not the neon lights. It's not the New Year's Eve celebrations where that ball of light comes down. That is all fake. That has got nothing to do with what really matters. There's one light, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And without that, everyone's in the darkness, whether they realize it or not. Everyone is thirsty, whether they recognize their thirst or not. And he says, come, drink freely of the water I have for you. And we are the ones who, like the shepherds on that night, have seen the light, literally and figuratively. We've seen who Jesus Christ is. We understand why he was born. We understand that he is the Savior of the world. We understand that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will never perish into the darkest, deepest darkest, but will have eternal life. And that light was the life of the world, Jesus Christ. I come as light into the world and so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. There's nobody on this planet that has to remain in the darkness of despair, the darkness of not understanding where they're going. Nobody has to do that. Why? Because they, they can have the light shine in their life, and then they believe the light, and they become sons and daughters of light. And that brings us back to that angel-filled night in Bethlehem. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, clothes, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. It's funny. The people of the world this time of year, they see the mangers. They see that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. They hear the Christmas carols. They're still being sung by choirs, singing like that multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God. Joy to the world. Glory to the newborn king. God and sinners reconciled. But will a person of the world in 2020 still cling to the darkness? Or will they finally celebrate the light? For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the same Savior today as he was on that holy night. The same as he's always been. From the days of eternity, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the people of 2020 do not have forever. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Or as we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, if you could turn there now. Nobody has forever to believe in Christ. One life and then comes the judgment. Jesus one time talked to the rich and he said, you have stored all your wheat in the storehouse. You think, you say to yourself, relax, I have many years to come. I'm just going to live using my wealth. And he says, do you not understand that this very night your life will be required of you? There are some today who won't survive the rest of this day. And, I, and God, let's, I hope that they're believers. But many of them won't be. And many of them won't understand why they were born if they haven't believed in Jesus Christ. That's the only answer to why are we here. 
The answer is because God so loved the world that He created us and when we fell, He gave us His one and only Son and whoever believes in Him has eternal life. You see, the answer to the problem of death in this life is eternal life which comes through one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. But there are people out there today and again, some of them may not last the night. And the one thing they need is to have the light. But make no mistake, anyone you meet today who's who's not a believer in Christ, they don't have forever. They only have the time while they still can turn to the light. As we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, Now is the day of salvation. And you see, the angels, well, they were the first ambassadors for that child in the manger. They, in turn, sent the shepherds to announce the glad tidings. They became ambassadors for the child in that manger. Later on, John the Baptist was called to be the herald of the Lord, the child of Zacharias. Look at John chapter 1, verse 6. John chapter 1, verse 6. The Lord always has ambassadors that he sends to deliver the good news, whether they're angels or shepherds, or here John the Baptist, who was called to be the herald of the Lord, to run before him and point to him. This is the one who I told you about. Look at John chapter 1, verse 6. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, the light of Bethlehem, the light that came into the world to save the world. There was the true light, our Lord Jesus Christ, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Anybody can see the light if they want to. They can turn to the light. They can turn away from darkness into the light of life. He enlightens every man. He was in the world. The world was made through him. This world that we're in today, all the people of this world, all of the riches of this world, all of the geography of this world, the very air that we breathe, the sun that we see, the food that we eat, all of it was created by the light, our Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And yet... The world did not know him. That's the great tragedy of the human race. The fact that even though this world was visited by God's only son, the light of the world, the world didn't know him. The world doesn't know him today. The world, meaning the people of the world who aren't believers, they don't know him really. They've heard of him. They've listened to the Christmas carols. They've seen the baby in the manger. But they don't know him. And that's the, that's the tragedy of human existence, is not to know the very one who created you and died for you. And the world did not know him, and even worse, he came to his own. That was the, the nation of Israel at that time. He came to his own. He was born of a woman. He was born of the line of David. He was the Messiah of the, of the Jewish people. And what happened? They didn't receive him. 
Can you see how tragic the human condition really is? Can you see how even when the Lord says, I'm going to have a special people set apart for my will, and they're going to go out and I'm going to give them the law, which is the way they are to live, and they ought to become lights to the world. They ought to become the ones that the whole world can look to and say, there is one God. He is the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet... When the Lord Jesus Christ was born and came into this world, He came to His own. He went. If you read the Gospels, you'll see it clearly. He says, my mission is to the Jewish people. See, God's plan at that point hadn't even been extended yet to the Gentiles. It was all focused on the nation of Israel. And yet what happened? They did not receive Him. Oh, there were some individuals who did. But the nation as a whole didn't. They rejected Him. They screamed in the crowd saying, crucify Him. The world did not know him. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, these are the believers now, to them he he gave the right to become children of God. Think about it. There's a person today in the darkness. They have the opportunity to become children of God himself by seeing the light, believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why they were created. That's why Jesus Christ came. So that he would give the right to whosoever to become children of God. How does that work even to those who believe in his name? The scripture is so clear about this point. That the way in which anybody becomes becomes born again, receives eternal life, becomes a child of God, is one simple way. They hear the message, just like the shepherds heard the message. Just like the Jews heard John the Baptist's message. Just like today, somebody can hear the gospel message. You hear it, and you believe it. You take God at his word, like Mary did. She says, behold, let it be done to me as you have spoken. That's all it takes to hear the good news and believe it. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Think of it, children of God, no longer children of Adam. Children of this dark, God-forsaken world, but children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. The will of God. That's perfect. You can't improve on that. That's the importance of the preaching of the gospel. You know, we say the old man, we lay aside the old man. We have our minds renewed and we put on the new man. If anyone is in Christ, new creature. All things have become new. Anybody who believes in Christ, they, they die with him on the cross, all right? And then they're buried with him and then they're raised with him to new life. That can happen today, here in 2020. To anybody who hears the gospel and believes it, The old man crucified on the cross. That's the fate of this world. That's the fate of fallen man without Christ. We we all should have been crucified on the cross for 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 what we did against the Father and our sinful nature. And yet God said, instead of that, I'm going to give my child, my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And his death, one death on one cross will cover everybody. The blood of Christ covers all the sins in this world. That's God's plan. We can become born of the will of God. How did that happen? Verse 14. 
and the word became flesh. That's the most succinct passage in the Bible about what we're celebrating today, the birth of Christ. The word, God's only son, became flesh, became a human being as well, born of a woman, born of a virgin. And not only that, but he dwelt among us. He walked this God-forsaken place for 33 years. He healed people. He was rejected, scorned. Finally, he was captured and imprisoned and going through six illegal trials and then to find himself beaten and nobody was on his side except perhaps for one of the apostles, John. Peter had already run away. Here he was. Think about it. He's the creator of the world. And look what the world did to him. That's a final indictment. If you think you're going to find anything of worth in this world, just think about the cross and say, if the world did that to the Creator, God's only Son, the one who came to die for the world, and that's what they did to Him, there is nothing good about this world. Nothing. The only thing that the world can possibly have that would be of any value at all is to have an ambassador that would go to the people and preach good news so they could believe it and they could have eternal life. That's it. See, as Christians, we're never going to take over the world in that sense. We're never going to build the kingdom because, because that's not the design of the church. The design of the church is to rescue whoever wants to come into the church because otherwise they're going to be staying out there in the world They're going to die in their sins, as the Bible says, as Jesus says. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Just like those shepherds did when they were out with their flocks. They saw the glory. It says the glory of the Lord shone upon them. Can you imagine? But here's the thing. Whenever somebody believes in Christ, the glory of the Lord shines on them in a more powerful way than even what they saw in the heavens that night. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ comes to dwell in them. And then they they are placed in permanent union with Christ. They have the glory, as it were, in them. And every time a believer looks into the Word of God, he sees the glory of the Lord, and he's being transformed from glory to glory. Why? Because Jesus Christ came here, and he dwelt among the people, He was willing to humble himself, humiliate himself, was here, died for us, rose from the dead. And whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has eternal life. And the Lord comes to live in his heart, inside of him. That's glory. We not only saw it, but we have it. Glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And that ought to be the personality of the church. We ought to be those who lead with grace and follow with truth. And that's really a simple way to look at it, isn't it? You know, Paul said, listen, whenever you come across an unbeliever, you know, be wise. Choose your words carefully, right? Think about what it is to be in their shoes. And then give them the truth. Don't don't butter them up. Don't try to make all these analogies. None of that. Just give them the, the pure, honest, simple truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ. He was full of grace And he was full of truth. Well, that's what happened 2,000 years ago. The question is, today, does the light still shine? Are there still ambassadors? 
in 2020. Ambassadors that will say, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Or another way of saying it, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But where are the ambassadors? Who today will proclaim the good news to a world in darkness? Who will glorify and praise God for all that they have seen and heard? Who can the Lord send? Where are the Isaiahs that will just cry out, Here am I, send me. I'll tell you the answer. It's in the Bible, of course. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 to 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 to 21. I mean, the, the, the world also sees in the, in, the, in the crash or in that scene, the manger scene, they see the shepherds, right, coming in. And the thing about it, it's beautiful, and we have wonderful setups, and, and hundreds and thousands of dollars are spent in terms of some of these incredible manger scenes. But none of that really matters. What matters is to understand what happened, why the shepherds were there. And that comes down to a simple point, which is they were there because they heard the good news of the angels. They heard that born for them that night was was the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, and that's the sign, a baby lying in a manger. Would that the people of the world today, when they come across that scene, they would understand not only that, yes, this is a great scene, oh, I love new birth, I love children, it's a nice time of year, most of the places it's snowing. Forget all that, though. The question is, who is that one? And you won't know that unless you have shepherds in your life who will tell you the good news about Jesus Christ. That's the point. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Pretty simple. When Paul wrote this, he was talking about himself and Timothy and the others that would go out from, from town to town across the entire Roman Empire and preach the gospel. Today, we still have evangelists who are called and, and set apart from, by God for that purpose. But also, we have each and every believer in Christ who's been equipped in whatever places the Lord puts us, wherever people he, he wants us to go to, the people of the world that we come across every day of our lives, we too are an ambassador in that realm where God has placed us. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. He made the appeal through the angels. He made the appeal through the shepherds. He made the appeal through John the Baptist, through Paul. And today he wants to make an appeal through you and me. And here's what it is. I want you to hear the tenderness and mercy in what what this message. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We beg you. This, in other words, that, what does that carry with it? It carries with that urgency, that love, that understanding of how 
earth-shattering it really is to understand that God became man and died for the sins of the world and rose from the dead, and whoever believes in him has eternal life. You're not reconciled to God, and yet you can be. Your life can have meaning. In other words, God created you to be his child. You're not until you believe in Christ. You have sins. They are forgiven. Believe in Christ. That's what he's saying. He's saying, make an appeal to the people of the world. Beg them on behalf of Christ. Understand what happened in the manger. Understand what happened at the cross. Understand what happened at the tomb. Beg them on behalf of that message to be reconciled to God. That's the only hope for this world. You know, the hope for this world really isn't peace on earth. Not now. It's not going to happen. Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars until the day I come. That's not the hope of the world. It's not. It's not to have a vaccine or to have a Republican Congress or whatever you think is the hope. None of that's the hope of the world. None of that. Want to know why? Because any of those things can happen or not happen. And it's not going to change the stance and situation of the people of the world one iota. Only one thing that will do that. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good message. The message that the angels had and that they preached to the shepherds who came and saw. Like like the world sees today and hears the music and sees the manger scene. And then they believed it. And they rushed out and they praised God for his glory. And then they told other people about him. The same thing with John the Baptist. 30 years or so later when Jesus began his public ministry. Prepare the, the, the way of the Lord. That was John. Paul, the same thing. He was sent. We, we will, most of us will never be like Paul in the sense of having a calling to go to dozens of countries, okay? And yet, that the, the, the fact of the matter is, just like the shepherds, they didn't go to dozens of countries either. But they saw and they believed and they understood the glory of the Lord and they understood how the Lord was going to forgive the sins of the world and offer the life that you cannot lose. They knew that much, and they went back to whatever. I don't know who they went back to. I don't know who you're going to go back to. But the fact of the matter is, go back, change in your heart. Once again, in this Christmas time, change in terms of a miracle of what happened. The miracle of what happened, that God became man through a virgin. And that that was all to get our attention, and to realize that God is moving. He is cares about the world. There were 400 years of silence before this, this was just broken out from a dark night. And it's the same thing today. It's not, it doesn't look the same. right? We won't have another baby born of a virgin. Okay? But we will have the same message to give. And, 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 and some of that is really just to have that love in your heart for the Lord and for the people that he died for, to, to be moved once again by the immensity of what happened at the, at the manger and at the cross, to, to, to have that attitude, begging people. I don't think too many people today that I know, including myself, beg people to believe in Christ. Usually it's a little harsher than that. It shouldn't be. It should be, you know what? I found the answer to life. I found the answer to my sins. I found the answer to the darkness in this world. There is a God. He gave his son. He died for us. He raised him from the dead. Believe in him and you'll be drawn back to God. You'll be 
reconciled to him forever. You will no longer be an enemy in the world. You will be a son of God. Be reconciled to God. And then, verse 21, a great, again, you have a great simple statement. He made him, God the Father made Christ, who knew no sin, who was perfection, who never sinned himself. But he made him to be sin. Why? Because he was the offering. He was the sacrifice. And, And he was judged like all of us should have been. That all of our sins were placed on him. And he was judged. And he went through. Now, God the Father didn't crucify him. He allowed it. Because he, he allowed it because he knew that this was the way, the only way in which his whole plan would be carried out. That there would be one. He would be human as well as God. And he would be the, the perfect sacrifice. One sacrifice. And it was made on the cross. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. That our is the whole world. So that we might become the very righteousness of God in him. Every human heart, whether they realize it or not, begs, desires to be made new. Unless you're a two-year-old or insane, you're aware of the fact that things aren't right Like Paul said, you do things that you don't want to do. You say things that you know you shouldn't say. That is the plight of every member of the human race. They need to have their guilt dealt with. Every human being knows that at some level. And every human being does something to try to get rid of that on their own. They all do something. Maybe it's a legacy. Maybe it's just acting out on all those, those desires but whatever it is, they do something because they, they understand there's something basically wrong with them. And, the, and, and so the Lord said, you're right, there is something wrong with you. But watch as I take who you are as a sinner and I place it on the cross with my son so that you can see that I don't fool around. All right? I, I do judge the sin of the world. How do I do that, though? In the most amazing way, to give, give you a substitute. It, it's, it, you, don't have to, you don't have to go to the lake of fire. God has already had his son die for you so that you won't. So that you won't. And you can become the very righteousness of God. Can imagine that. Again, at some level, every human being knows that we're not righteous. There's something not right about us. There's something that we can get it. We can see the standard. Isn't this true? Everybody can see the standard. You know, I really shouldn't steal, but I'm gonna. I really shouldn't hurt other people, but I'm gonna. I really shouldn't gossip, but I'm gonna. We all know that. And the question is, there's nothing we of ourselves can do about that. And I look around and I see, you know what? There's a lot of other people just like me. In fact, everybody I meet, if I'm with them long enough, I will understand the fact that like me, they're a sinner. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. You can't religion yourself out of it. You can't go to the confessional a million times and get rid of the stain. It's not going to work. All right? Why? Because it's you. It's not just what you do. It's who you are. You can't practice a religion and do it. You can't, as Paul said, give your body to be burned. And all of a sudden, the finger will snap. And then all your sins will be done. No. There is nothing possible that a human being can do. 
Hence, a baby in the manger. Hence, good news of great joy. There is born for you today, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he became sin on your behalf, so that you might become the very righteousness of God in him. Perfect. A whole new you. That's what the Bible promises to whoever believes in his son. All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that even in this year of fear and disappointment and anxiety, we know that Christmas is here. And we know what that means is that we can once again see the whole picture coming together in that baby in the manger. And, and, and not only that, but we can then realize why were the shepherds there? Why did the, the, the wise men come a couple of years later? Why? So that there would be those who would bear witness to the miracle. And just like there would be those who would understand what happened at the cross. And so, Father, we give us the opportunity this Christmas, in the next few days, to really contemplate, to really look Look again at the person of Jesus Christ. Look again at the heart of God. Think about the magnitude of the darkness and the suffering. And that the only answer to any human heart is believing in the gospel, your son Jesus Christ. And so we ask, Father, that this would be a very merry Christmas. So that, how? Because good news of glad tidings goes forth from us. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, by the By the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, just a reminder, Christmas Eve, we are going to have the Skype Bible study at 6.30. Whoever wants to come, all right? I know it's a busy night and all that, but how about it? How about just reserving one hour where you can get away from all the busyness and just come and be with us when we have that Bible study. We're in the book of Isaiah all right, Isaiah, as, as we have been studying this, understand, start to understand, is the most evangelical book in the Old Testament. There's more said about our Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah than just about any other book in the Old Testament. And, and so that's what we'll be looking at. We've already seen some of the, what they call messianic prophecies, right? And how, how was it that when the angel came to, um, to Zacharias, that he recognized. How did he know that? How did, in fact, his, his, the words that he came forth, some of them were from Isaiah. You see, that the Lord had prepared his people, just like he prepares us. But there are some powerful, marvelous predictions prophesied about the Messiah in the book of Isaiah. And we'll have an opportunity to take a look at that book on Thursday. So come with us. Be a part of it. At 6.30, the Skype. At the end of that Bible study, we always have a prayer meeting. All right, we will again this week, and if you want us to pray for anything, you can go on our website, and there's a place where you can submit your prayer requests. And we, we encourage you, we beg you to do that, so that we would have more specifics that we can pray about. You know that more people, you know, it's an amazing thing. Um, we pray for a lot of people on Thursday. You know, people ask us for different prayers. And every once in a while, something marvelous happens. I got a text last night around 11 o'clock at night, and a person we've been praying for for a month and a half who was in a coma in Massachusetts because of COVID-19 came out of the COVID, came out of the coma, came out of the coma. I got to get out of my coma. Came out of the coma last night. 
He can breathe again. It's miraculous. But not to people who are of prayer. We understand that God can do whatever He wants. And from time to time, He will answer a prayer in a powerful way just to tell us, I'm still there. So please give us your prayer requests. Allow us to have the joy of understanding that we've put it in His hands and we know that it's the best He can do for us no matter what happens. So please join us on Thursday evenings. All right, let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we know, you know, that this has been a very difficult year for everybody that I know, for this congregation, for the Pomeroy family, for my health situation, the health situations of others in this congregation. And it does seem like the darkness is creeping up on the world. Even all around us, we see it. All the more reason to come to the light. All the more reason to celebrate that God so loved the world that on that night in Bethlehem, he gave us, you gave us your only son. And, and Father, help us to focus on that good news, that light. Help us to be there for other people, not with a harsh spirit, but with that same attitude of humility that Jesus has, has and that same desire begging people to be reconciled to you. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, by the power of the Spirit. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. Have a great Christmas. And, a, and we'll be here again on Sunday, too.